Hi everyone and welcome to Georgia's Poetry Workshop. I hope you had a wonderful week and managed to get some writing done. Today is the fifth episode of the podcast, so thank you very much if this is your fifth time here or your first time here. It's great to have you as part of the workshop. You're very, very welcome. I listened back to the last episode and you know, I like to be quite reflective in my in my podcasting and also my teaching. And I realised that I really didn't spend very long talking about the actual poem that I shared, the Japanese poem by Isumi Shikibu. So I wanted to read it again to you and just have a moment to, to I suppose, absorb it a little bit. So I'm just going to read the English today. Here we go. Wakened by the scent of flowering plum, the darkness of the spring night fills me with longing. I think this is a beautiful poem and it just highlights what we were talking about last week in terms of the impact of spring, but also highlights that sense of desire and passion. And we get that with that sense of the flowering plum, the, f- the, the blossom in this piece. I love this idea that she's been wakened by the scent. It's the smell of the flowers that awakens her in the night. And there's a sense of dreaminess and that feeling you get in the night when you're just thinking about the the world around you and your place within it. And I just feel like this poem highlights that and it's quite incredible how short it is and how it all comes through in such few words. And just to to um, mention again, the translator of this poem is Jane Harshfield, and it's from a collection that I picked up last week called "The Ink Dark Moon," and it's the moon that I want to focus on today. I'd like to do quite a chilled session where I read. A number of poems that involve the moon and use that as inspiration for our final prompt. So the way that my podcasts work is that we talk about some theory, we look at some poems, we listen to some poems and then at a kind of just over halfway point there's a, there's some time for some free writing and then I give you the final prompt which you can take away and use to write your own poem. Now, if you were here in the first podcast, you'll know that our free writing prompt was the moon. But today I'd like to take that a little bit further and offer a different prompt. So I hope you stick around for the whole podcast to listen to some amazing pieces. The first poem that I'd like to look at is also from this collection, but by a different poet. So the poem that you just listened to was by Isumi Shikibu. And the one now that I'd like to read to you is by Onono Kamachi. Now this week I just haven't been able to get enough of Onono Kamachi's work. It is passionate and heart-wrenching. And in this particular poem, she personifies the moon. Awake tonight with loneliness, 
I cannot keep myself from longing for the handsome moon. Awake tonight with loneliness, I cannot keep myself from longing for the handsome moon. I just realised both those poems have the word longing in it. Isn't it amazing? It just shows that desire is such a key part of human experience. And it, and it's also an awake, it's a moment where she wakes up too, awake tonight with loneliness, um, that kind of isolation right at the beginning. And we often describe the moon as quite an isolated thing. So it's quite a wonderful comparison here between how the speaker feels, the loneliness and the moon. But of course, we can interpret the moon as someone she loves and desires. And we understand that by that adjective, handsome. So jumping forward in time from 9th and 10th century Japan, we're going to go to the 19th century and America for a bit of Emily Dickinson. The moon. The moon was but a chin of gold a night or two ago, and now she turns her perfect face upon the world below. Her forehead is of amplest blonde, her cheek like beryl's stone, her eye unto the summer dew, the likest I have known. Her lips of amber never part, but what must be the smile upon her friend she could bestow was such her silver will. And what a privilege to be but the remotest star. For certainly her way might pass beside your twinkling door. Her bonnet is the firmament, the universe her shoe. The stars, the trinkets at her belt, her dimities of blue. I just love the rhythm of this poem and the rhyme scheme. Um... And how it there's a sort of change in the penultimate stanza. There's something about changing the pattern in poetry that creates a real sense of joy for the reader. And again, the moon is personified here as someone very, very beautiful. Her cheek like beryl stone, her eye unto the summer dew, the likest I have known. So linking this woman in the sky, this moon, to natural imagery. We then move forward again, leaping ahead for a bit of Sylvia Plath, a very, very famous poet, again American. And this poem, The Moon and the Yew Tree, was written in 1961, but published, I believe, posthumously, which means after um, she has died. Um, I think it was about six months after her death. So I'm just going to read the first three stanzas. The Moon and the Yew Tree This is the light of the mind, cold and planetary. The trees of the mind are black. The light is blue. The grasses unload their griefs on my feet as if I were God prickling my ankles and murmuring of their humility. Fumy, spiritous mists inhabit this place, separated from my house by a row of headstones. I simply cannot see 
where there is to get to. The moon is no door. It is a face in its own right, white as a knuckle and terribly upset. It drags the sea after it like a dark crime. It is quiet with the O-gape of complete despair. I live here. Twice on Sunday, the bells startle the sky. Eight great tongues affirming the resurrection. At the end, they soberly bong out their names. The yew tree points up. It has a gothic shape. The eyes lift after it and find the moon. The moon is my mother. She is not sweet like Mary. Her blue garments unloose small bats and owls. How I would like to believe in tenderness. The face of the effigy, gentled by candles, bending. On me in particular, its mild eyes. And then there's one more stanza, so you have to go and find the poem and have a go at reading it. I... I have read this I have well I've read this collection it's it's um selected poems by Carol Ann Duffy and she also writes a preface to it I've read this um so many times that it's actually fallen apart the all the pages have fallen out um and I'm actually currently holding the moon and the yew tree just the page itself away from the <laughs> away from the collection because I can just now just pull the pages out um, because they've they've sort of fallen off, uh, so I have to sort of tuck it tuck it back in uh, each time I, I read the poem. But it's it's so nice actually to have a collection where the pages are sort of the sticking out, and it just shows. I suppose it just reminds me of how much I enjoy it, and I often read this collection before I go to bed. Uh, there's something quite soothing about it. So. In this poem, the moon becomes something quite cold, quite distant, and is personified again um, as a mother. The moon is my mother. She is not sweet like Mary. I just love this line too. It drags the sea after it like a dark crime. It's interesting, you know, we hear a lot of positive writing about the moon I think but there are a number of female poets who write about the moon as quite a controlling thing and I suppose it links to ideas of cycles and the moon controlling the tide so with that in mind um, I'd like to read another poem by probably my favourite contemporary poet are we allowed to have favourites? I don't know um (laughs) And I've actually met her, it's Brenda Shaughnessy, and she is also features in the, and so does this poem, uh, features in the anthology The Girlesque, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And she has a p- quite a famous poem called I'm Over the Moon. I just love this collection. I'm reading it from Liquid Flesh, Shaughnessy's new and selected poems. and. It's signed to with a really lovely message. And I felt really lucky to meet her because she came to the NCLA, uh, the Newcastle Centre for Literary Arts, um, 
on on the Newcastle University campus. She gave just the most amazing reading and spoke really inspirationally about a variety of themes within her work. So yeah, I was I was over the moon <laughs> um to to have, have met her. And this poem is called I'm Over the Moon. I'll read a section. I'm over the moon. I don't like what the moon is supposed to do. Confuse me, ovulate me, spoon feed me longing. A kind of ancient date rape drug. So I'll howl at you, moon. I'm angry. I'll take back the night. Using me to swoon at your questionable light. You had me chasing you, the world's worst lover, over and over, hoping for a mirror, a whisper, insight. But you disappear for nights on end with all my erotic mysteries and my entire unconscious mind. How long do I try to get water from a stone? It's like having a bad boyfriend in a good band, better off alone. I will pause there. Just, I just, I really, so this poem's written in couplets. It's really beautifully structured. And something I love in poetry in general is internal rhyme. And this is what um, Shauna C. does in her work. It's, there are just moments here that are quite surprising I really love the opening. I don't like what the moon is supposed to do. Confuse me, ovulate me, spoon feed me longing. A kind of ancient date rape drug. Surprising images about the moon. And I think that, again, is why I just love her work, is that it's full of surprise about things that we think about in quite a stereotypical way. And she says, no, I want you to look at it this way. I want you to understand this perspective. And that's what's really exciting and engaging about, about her work. And again, we've got that word longing running through this, <laughs> referring to the moon. So that sense of desire, this is what the moon creates for us. Speaking of the NCLA, um, I went a couple of weeks ago and heard Jacob Polly read his new collection material properties and inside this poem inside this collection there's a poem called moon quilt essay he describes the moon as hand me down the hand me down moon and again it's just another wonderful example of giving us a new way to envisage the moon there are a couple more poems that I'd like to talk about. And this one is called Lucent. And it's from Amanda Gorman's Call Us What We Carry. Again, another American poet, contemporary poet. And and you might remember Amanda Gorman from President Biden's inauguration. She read a poem called The Hill We Climb. And if you haven't listened to her read that, I would really recommend men doing that and, and finding the video on YouTube. 
it's wonderful to watch a poet poet read their poetry. Lucent. What would we seem, stripped down like a wintered tree? Glossy scabs, tight raised skin, these can look silver in certain moonlights. In other words, our scars are the brightest parts of us. The crescent moon, the night's lucent lesion, we are felled oaks beneath it. Branches full of empty. Look closer. What we share is more than what we've shed. Beautiful. It's that's just the the language here is just what just lovely to read. Sometimes I just get this real. I guess for me, good poetry feels nice in the in the mouth. <laughs> the words feel good to say. Um, and here, you know, but um, there's something about speaking them that's, that feels right. And here it's, perhaps it's the, the sibilance, the use of the S sounds and the the, the kind of the vowels. Um, what's interesting is that moonlight is used to discuss or talk about scars, metaphorical scars. And also then Gorman goes on to talk about the moon itself calling it a lucent lesion, so a kind of wound in the sky, or a, s- a sort of slit, um, as though the moon's kind of breaking through the darkness. It is 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 a, such an incredible image and something that I like to dwell upon. It, in a way, makes the sky feel less like a a sheet or a blanket and more like it's got kind of layers through it and, and and it's like a skin that the the moon is is sort of penetrating or breaking through the final poet before we have our break for some free writing is we're going right back in time now <laughs> we are going to the 14th century and i'd like to read a poem by the Kashmiri mystic Lal Dead. And this poem is, I think, just a nice one to end on, so I will read it twice. New mind, new moon, I've seen the great ocean made new. Ever since I've scoured my body and mind, I, Lala, have been as new as new can be. New mind, new moon. I've seen the great ocean made new. Ever since I've scoured my body and mind, I, Lala, have been as new as new can be. <laughs> I love this idea of rebirth and um, and the moon sort of supporting that and as a kind of guide to that as the as the moon renews itself every month and it and it's that lovely idea that we can do the same i think it's great as well that she puts her name lala into the poem and i know that that occurs with the guzzle as well uh, but i didn't know that until this year so it's it's really amazing how i'm really enjoying reading 
poems where the poet's name is is within it and like in the guzzle this um in this piece lala's name comes in the final line and i've been learning about the guzzle and how the poet's name brings you out of the poem so in a guzzle you could have just thousands of lines and you only know the poems over when you're brought out of it by the by the the poet naming themselves so it might be something interesting to do is to include your own name in a piece of your writing perhaps that might be something you want to try out this week and see how it feels see what it means for you to have your name in a poem so now's our break for some free writing and if you're new here free writing is where you take seven to ten minutes to have a go at emptying your mind and i also give a prompt that you can use if you'd like to so I'll offer a little break where I ring a bell and that's your opportunity to pause the podcast if you'd like to, to do some writing. When you're finished, when you've done your seven to ten minutes of just free writing, not thinking about what you're writing, just getting everything out and down, come back to the podcast for the final prompt. This week's prompt for free writing, which you do, you can use, you don't have to, is breath, breath. So do with that what you will. Here's time for our pause now. Welcome back. If you had your break, I hope the free writing really helped you kind of cleanse your mind and get everything out. And if you haven't had it yet, thanks so much for staying with me. And you can have that time later on. So I take this opportunity now during the podcast to ask you that if you're enjoying this, if you find the workshop helpful, please consider donating to my Patreon page the equivalent of something like a cup of coffee. This money enables me to continue making the podcast, support my art, and also enables other people to access a workshop that they might not typically be able to access for whatever reason that might be. Thank you very much for any support that you can give. My Patreon is patreon.com forward slash George's Poetry Workshop. Our final prompt today is based around moon, the moon. You can either perhaps leap back to your free writing if you did end up writing about the moon in the first from the first podcast and see if you can adapt that a little bit further. If not, you can have a go at writing about the moon and see if you can create something that offers us a perspective of the moon where we consider it in a new and vivid way. But you might also not feel that you're in the right mindset to write about the moon, which of course is absolutely fine, in which case it would be great for you to have a go at writing about something that is nocturnal, nocturnal. 
So something that comes out in the nighttime. This could be an object. It could be a thought because we know we have different thoughts at night. I don't know about you, but I certainly do. It could be an animal. It could be something celestial. Whatever it might be, focus on the fact that it is nocturnal. I'll share a short one that I wrote with you this week. It's called Barn Owl. And I'm a very, I'm a huge fan of owls. I love them. I have flown them before and I just think they're absolutely incredible. So I wrote this poem called Barn Owl. Barn Owl. Moons break across your back. The night split by white, like a phantom of a constellation. Barn Owl. Moons break across your back. The night split by white, like a phantom of a constellation. I hope that offers you some inspiration as well. Thank you very much for joining the workshop today. It's been a pleasure. I'd love to hear about the work that you produce as part of the workshop. I'm on Twitter at GC the Writer or on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Georgia's Poetry Workshop. Thank you very much to Portamento for creating the music for the podcast and see you next week.